Hey, I'm Asher. And I'm Jackson. And what you're about to listen to is Strictly Confidential. Jackson, I can't believe that's become like the staple that we ask each other how our week has been. I mean, I guess, I mean, it's honest. It's real. Well, the one thing I was thinking about a lot this week, it's been good. But the thing I was thinking about a lot is how impactful our third episode has been. Okay. So our third episode is The Mothman. Uh, very good episode. A very good episode. A personal favorite. And Do you think we peaked a little too early? I don't think it was our best one. But here's the kicker. Our episode... For, for reasons I'm still unsure of, uh, led to us talking at length about a TV show called ALF. Mm-hmm. And news came out yesterday that Warner Bros. TV has started developing an ALF reboot. We did this! We did this. <laughs> we put this energy out into the universe. It's entirely us. We are the reason that ALF has gotten a spike recently. I... Don't know if there's a lot of hot buzz around ALF. So what else could it have been other than our podcast that generated like interest for a reboot of that show? I think there's definitely some credit to the fact that every single thing that has ever been made on TV ever is being rebooted right now. (laughs) But I think there's also some credit to the fact that one of America's top 1000 conspiracy theory podcasts is talked at length about the TV show Alf and hey, revealed man, you, you, hit ni- you hit 995th most popular. You're in the top 1000. Yeah. And we are the podcast that revealed that ALF stands for alien life form. I wish we could forget anytime that any company says that they're in the top whatever number. That's the number that they are. They get really <laughs> specific. I love when it's like we're the top 14 pizza places in Denver. It's like, well, then you're that, that you're 14, then that's what I, your number is. Otherwise, you'd say 13. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're going to you're going to mention the highest number that you're a part of. You're not going to be like, I'm in the top 40 when really I'm number six. Exactly. Then you're in the top 10. If yeah. not the top six. Yeah, you're in the top six at that point. You're you're in the big ranks. So, yes, we are number 1000. Very nice. Well, the old thing. The original staple used to be asking each other what we were drinking, and that's really relevant today. Uh, What are you drinking, Jackson? I am drinking a cold mason jar full of ice water today. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, I remember back when I could drink water. I'm drinking Dead Guy Ale Rogue, one of my favorite beers, um, except for the fact that now I can't drink anything else. Beer is officially better for me than water. It's the only thing I've been drinking for days. My work performance has suffered slightly, but I can't drink the water because I live in Texas and Texas has 80% of its population drinking fluoride. And I don't want to be a puppet. (laughs) If it's just you singing it, we can use the melody because I hummed that with an ice cube in my cheek. So you live in Utah as we've said before, which makes you somewhat safe. You're like 50-50. Actually, statistically, 1,384,638 people in Utah are living in cities who have fluoridated water, which makes up 51.7% of the population. These numbers are just off the top of the head. Uh, Texas, 
20 million civilians are drinking fluoridated water provided by their city. That makes up a whopping 80%, so the odds are not so good that the water I am served up here in Waco, Texas, is not filled with fluoride. So, um, it, a couple questions. And I want you to uh, explain like I'm five for these questions because I know nothing. Um, with Does my distance from the ocean have anything to do with that? I imagine, no, it's not. I imagine it probably doesn't. Well... That would play a role if fluoride was naturally occurring from like large bodies of salt water. But in this case, I'm talking about fluoride that the United States government has pumped into our water. So it's more because the Utah water supply is mostly based off of watershed from the mountains around us. So because because it is natural. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So what is fluoride? What's it do? Hell if I know. Half the dentists don't even know. I'm not. My goal isn't really to give you another reason to be terrified of the dentist. There's already plenty of those. And I'm not really wanting to talk about whether or not fluoride is good for your teeth, because apparently that's a hot button topic that's been in debate ever since I've been going to the dentist and previous. So fluoride, what it do Well, beginning in the 1940s, uh, cities in the United States began adding low concentrations of fluoride to public water supplies in an effort to prevent tooth decay. So it's in toothpaste, like, I don't know, Crest or whatever has fluoride, and it's a bragging point for them. As of 2014, 75%, or 74.4% to be precise, because we are nothing if not accurate on this show, 74.4% of the United States populace had access to water from a fluoridated source. And this practice is employed by countries and cities all around the world. So fluoride is the only thing that's added to public drinking water that does not treat the water. Fluoride only affects the person who is drinking the water. When you have trace amounts of chlorine, that's for the sake of sanitizing water to make it safe to drink because you don't, I mean, anything can get up in that sewer. I don't know how public like water sanitation works. But I do know that chlorine is an important part of making sure that water is safe when it travels to your sink in your home. Fluoride, on the other hand, doesn't make water clean. It is specifically added for you, the person who's drinking it, in order to coat your teeth with fluoride, which, in theory, according to some, not all, dentists, helps prevent tooth decay and cavities. Doesn't that just sound delightful? No! It's something to be scared of. And it's something people have been freaking out about since the 40s when it was introduced. According to many, this substance, fluoride, reduces the intelligence of the person who drinks it. And therefore, is really useful for crowd control and suppressing the masses. So most, we're going to go way out to the deep end first and then come on back to the shallow end. It's been spread around the internet for quite some time that the Nazis... Like the the first time that fluoride appeared in drinking water was in concentration camps, and it was used by the Nazis to suppress and weaken the Jewish people they were containing. So this was something that they added to their drinking water that was flavorless and seemingly harmless that dulled their senses and made them easier to suppress. So we're going straight for Godwin's law here, aren't we? I don't know what that means. Please explain. Godwin's Law is an internet thing that assumes that basically as soon as you as soon as you compare your opponent's argument to the argument of Hitler, your argument is completely <laughs> invalid. 
<laughs> yeah, this went. I mean, this went straight to Nazis. We usually get to Nazis. This starts there. I think. I mean, I think we could probably make an assumption that all conspiracy theories get to Nazis eventually because they are the ultimate depiction of a villain. But you've gone straight for it, and I am all on board. I mean, people have been worried about fluoride for a while in Dr. Strangelove, a film that I'll admit I haven't seen, but I do know that there are jokes about the fluoridation of water being a communist plot, much to the same effect that we talked about the Nazis, where fluoride lowers your IQ, even in small doses, and is basically a bio, it's basically biochemical warfare. It's a neurotoxin used to quell the masses. It switches from a a Nazi scheme to a communist plot. And now it's just the United States government trying to suppress us. That's crazy. So why, like, here's a question you might be asking. Why do we suspect fluoride in the first place? What do you mean? Well, there are plenty of chemicals that are added to public drinking water. So why specifically fluoride? Like I said before, like it's, it's, it is the only thing that's added that doesn't that doesn't treat the water, it treats the person, so that's already a scary concept. But getting into some facts, we do know that in high concentration, fluoride is extremely toxic. Unfortunately, that's not really particularly damning because that can be said about just about any chemical that in extremely high concentrations, it's deadly. So fluoride is no different, but when you're, you're talking about fluoridated water, it's about... 0.5 to 1 milligram per liter, and it takes much, much more fluoride to actually be dangerous. I think that's not, I understand the validity of that argument, but I also want to discredit it with the argument that anything you put in your body, I don't know very much about health, but I know that no matter what, anything you put in your body, pretty much other than water, but even water to a certain extent, if you put enough of it in your body, you will get sick. Yeah, exactly. So that's why just pointing out that high, high concentrations of fluoride is dangerous isn't really enough to like boycott fluoride for completely. You know like what I'm there, saying? There's a tipping point for me eating celery. Like if I shoved a certain amount of celery down my gob, I could get very sick. And so arguing, yes, that's fair. But if I drank straight poison, any amount of it, I'd get sick immediately. So it's a weird balance. So let's go to some experts here. Uh, Joseph Merkula, he's he's a, an alternative medicine proponent, uh, osteopathic physician, web entrepreneur, uh, markets a variety of controversial dietary supplements and medical devices through his website, Merkula.com. So he says, at present, December 2014, when he said this, a total of 42 human studies have linked moderately high fluoride exposures with reduced intelligence. And over 100 animal studies have shown that fluoride exposure can cause brain damage. So Alex Jones of uh, InfoWars fame says, Fluoride in whatever amount is nothing less than a chemical weapon. Considering it is applied to entire populations or certain groups within a population, the definition is chemical warfare, a tool most useful to eugenicists who are intent on depopulation of the planet. One thing I love about our show is how much... We try so hard to be kind of unpolitical or un like avoiding the side, avoiding partisanship, for example. But then how often Alex Jones appears as the star of our show? <laughs> well, the man is a clown, and so is Joseph Merkla. What they're saying is scary. 
and they get to be on TV and write books. So people who are believers in this theory will tout what they say. Right. But they're they're clowns. But you know who's not a clown? Harvard University. So this is a much, much, much more credible source that is cited for people who are against fluoridation of water. There's a 2012 Harvard research paper called the Developmental Fluoride Neurotoxicity. Can you a say systematic that? review? Can you say that phrase again? Just sure can. Just so we can have a slow soundbite of the most intelligent phrase we've ever had on this broadcast. <clears throat> Developmental fluoride neurotoxicity, a systematic review and meta-analysis. Can we get one more take as well? Just 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 for the books. Let's get one where I don't sound like a doofus. Developmental fluoride neurotoxicity, a systematic review and meta-analysis. So this is produced by Harvard and the research for fluoride, the reason that the reason that Dennis can't come to a conclusion and the reason that this has been a conspiracy since the 40s is that the research is just a it's a mess. So this paper in 2012 didn't even conduct its own research. It was just trying to compile the mess of research that had happened over the last half century. So this is an excerpt that comes from the 2012 Harvard research paper. Findings in our meta-analysis of 27 studies published over 22 years suggest an inverse association between high fluoride exposure and children's intelligence. Children who lived in areas with high fluoride exposure had lower IQs than those who lived in low exposure or control areas. So is that just, is that just improper association? Because I think our two examples that I have so far are Texas and Utah. Could it be that, and we're assuming that Texas, because they have higher fluoride, is going to have slightly dumber children? <laughs> that, that's the assertion here, yeah. Can we just assume that maybe Texas has slightly dumber children for other reasons? See, you are already one step ahead of me and all the other people who make these websites. And I was scared. This conspiracy theory scared me because the anti-fluoride websites are beautiful. There's some really well put together websites that are anti-fluoride. And that's just proof that uh, good design can sell even inane bullshit. So, yeah, we have an important job, Jackson. But you've already picked up on something really important. At present, this is going back to the, uh, the claim from Joseph Merkula, a total of 42 human studies have linked moderately high fluoride exposures. So the link there is really key because that is, according to Snopes.com, a textbook bait and switch. In Merkula's and many others' language, the topic is the topic is shifted from the act of water fluoridation as a public health measure and the much broader concept of fluoride toxicity in children at high doses. These are actually different subs they're, they're different subjects. It's easy to link them but these are different studies. So you were right. First of all, all of these studies that are compiled in this paper took place in China and Iran. And the control groups for these studies are not super, not super duper uh, scientific. They do see a correlation between high fluoride and low IQ, but you know, causation and correlation aren't the same thing. They also found in the water that had higher fluoride in these studies, much, much higher traces of arsenic, which is a much more potent neurotoxin. I love, and I love science. I love science. There are so many. This has been around for, like I said, half a century. 
I went straight into the Nazi stuff because there's so much boring bullshit, even among the people who are the conspiracy theorists, just pages and pages talking about fluoride, and it in and of itself is not that interesting. But there is a really important discrepancy in the scientific method here that anyone can understand. The fact that they found lower intelligence in China and Iran in areas that had high fluoridated water doesn't prove that the fluoride is what's giving them lower IQ. And in fact, there could, like I said, be other chemicals in the water. Also, in this case, and all the cases in this studies that of this Harvard paper, the fluoride was naturally occurring and not intentionally put into the water, which is important because the fluoride was up to 10 milligrams per liter, not 0.5. So it went way into the known toxic levels. So this is many, many times more potent fluoride. Like this is way more condensed than what is put into the drinking water in the United States or any other country because it was completely incidental, the, incur the occurrence of this fluoride. It wasn't put there. It was already in the water. And the water mm. was not so safe to drink to begin with because of the arsenic and other chemicals. I, it's just such a wacky association. Just assuming that because fluoride was in this water... And there are other things in the water, but the fluoride is the important part. That'd be just like assuming that right now I am taller in the room I'm in because there's a cactus near me. <laughs> I don't follow you at all. So they're drinking. <laughs> Maybe that's the point. They're drinking all of this water and seeing, okay, the people who drink this water with the fluoride in it are going, are let end up being less intelligent. But that water also has chlorine. That water also has arsenic. Those people are also eating different kinds of food. Those people are also doing, like the control groups aren't balanced enough. That'd be right. saying that, do, it, does the room you're sitting in right now have a cactus in it? It does. It does? Oh, no. How tall is your cactus? How many cacti does it have in the room? I have exactly one cacti in the room. It is I, exactly five inches tall. I have two cacti in the room and one of them is four feet tall. Meaning that because that is a big cactus, congratulations, I have more cacti in my room. I am taller than you hmm. or I am sweatier or something. It's just it's forming an association based on one thing in a, in a situation, even though a ton of other things are at play as well. Exactly. If that, if that makes sense. It's a it's a weird way to explain it. And I wasn't counting on you also having a cactus, but <laughs> sorry, they just look so good. You should get a big one. They're really good for feng shui. I should. They're also way too expensive. <laughs> so tinfoil hat back on for a little bit. This is the government doing us a favor that nobody asked for. The only reason that fluoride would be put into water to prevent tooth decay. It is a chemical that doesn't improve the water in any way. That is dangerous in high doses. And even the health benefits that they're put in there for aren't totally agreed upon. And it's also very widespread. So it's it is easy to see why if there was something nefarious going on, that this would be a really good vehicle. If so if fluoride was a really effective way to like an antipsychotic, just putting it in the water and saying it's good for your teeth. That's a pretty good way to get away with it. It is a good way to get away with it. It is. I can see where they're coming from and see why th this is the easy target because the biggest thing for me that holds me as like okay i see why they're not arguing that chlorine is what's bad i see why they're not arguing that other like water filtration parts are bad because the the fluoride isn't affecting the water right i understand that i still think i'm gonna need more evidence 
to prove that this is actually bad for me. Yeah, so until then, I'm just going to keep drinking this beer because if I'm going to dull my senses, I'm going to do it on my terms, damn it! The old-fashioned way. I got this water from the sink because our filter in our fridge went bad. Everything is delightful when you drink it from a ball mason jar. This is sponsored content. (laughs) Imagine if ball mason jars still made mason jars. Do you think they still do? Or do you think all of these are from like the 90s? Do you think they don't? Part of me isn't sure. I don't know if I've ever bought a mason jar. I think they just end up in my possession. I don't think mason jars go bad. Well, I understand that part. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm agreeing with you. They haven't made a cast iron skillet since the 40s. Yeah, if then, even. But like, (laughs) the only way this mason jar is going to go bad is if I throw it against this wall. (laughs) It's not like this is going to go stale or like I'm going to need to replace it. I've been drinking out of this same mason jar for over a year. Well, that was a fun tangent. (laughs) And so is this the kind of theory that people on the Internet say, you don't know what is happening in your water? Yeah. This See, this is the kind of thing that, like, certain conspiracy theories are fun enough to where they are, like, I can talk about them all the time. The idea that my water is bad isn't captivating enough. (laughs) Well, that's because some people drink water every day and not just kombucha 24-7, Jackson. I am the most hydrated person I know. Yeah, you are. I know. You're you're a very healthy boy. (laughs) In terms of hydration, yes. But the problem is that, like, okay, the people in Texas are getting a little tiny bit dumber because of the water are we sure it's because of the water (laughs) (laughs) because we do know they're getting dumber but we just got to figure out how i don't know if changing their water supply is going to help because i don't know how hydrated the citizens of texas actually are yeah of course you don't believe it you've been drinking that fluoride making you all stupid in the brain we ain't been drinking nothing but lone star down here do you want to have do you want to hear a hot take Yes. I think I think cheap beer is very good. Okay. It doesn't taste good, but you think it is objectively good. I think it tastes good. Okay. Now I'm now you've lost me. See, that's why it's a hot take. I had a Coors ban- <laughs> I had a Coors banquet yesterday and it was delicious. If you had said that you like cheap beer because it reminds you of good times with friends and you get to enjoy a refreshing cold liquid for not a high price, then I would have been on board, but when you say it tastes good, do I want to wrap this up because I don't want to yeah, about startle to get very you with angry any more, with you, so we with any more hot takes about cold beverages? Well, if you liked our theme song, and I don't know how you couldn't because it's fantastic, that's Threadbare off the album Burden of Proof. And that was uh, graciously given to us by Glenn Merle. Thank you for letting us use that song and uh, check out his music at glennmerlemusic.com or on Spotify or iTunes. And get excited because that's about that's going to play again in the next three or four minutes. Because it's also our outro music. Our, uh, if you want to follow us on Instagram <laughs> or on Twitter, our Instagram is Strictly Confidential Show. And as always, I'm going to credit Twitter for forcing us to do fewer letters. And it is S Confident Show. Where do they uh, send us stuff if they want to talk about stuff? Well, we have an email. Strictly Confidential Show at gmail.com. And you can email us there if you have any topics you would like for us to discuss. Or if you have a subject that you are really passionate about and you'd like to come on the show like Carter did last week and talk with us about it, we would love that. And uh, if you have a best friend, and I hope you do, and you enjoy this show, they would probably like this show too. You guys clearly have similar tastes. So ask them to listen to this show as well. Yeah. And do you want to know what we're talking about next week? I do. Well, I feel like 
We haven't done a silly uh, celebrity style episode in a little bit. We haven't done one in four episodes to be exact. And so next week we'll be talking about whether or not famous rapper Gucci Mane is a government clone. Excellent. Yeah. So I'm excited to explore that one. So I think that's all we've got. It is about all we got. So until next time, stay curious. Joseph, why are the show notes single-sided print? In this economy?